Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Faith to Healer Community Podcast. I'm here in wow. Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It's great to have uh, three studios. It is great to have We're three studios. We're big time. That's our fourth season. You know, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful that you're listening, that you're watching, wherever you are. Uh, we want to wish you guys a happy new year, because uh, by the time we see you again, 2020 will be behind us, and we will be in the new Gregorian year of 2021. So praise God for that. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's a chance to... Uh, keep your new year's resolutions if you didn't yeah. do it for the civil new year of rosh hashanah right the seventh month on the first day. right and if you can't make this year the gregorian 2021 new year's resolutions uh there's a biblical yeah new year coming up that's uh, right right before passover if you want to do it then too yeah or you know every shabbat is a renewal right that's I mean, true we're, we're ending one time period and, and beginning another um and so uh as always make sure you guys like this Subscribe to it. Leave comments for us so that we can respond to you guys. That's true. Share we, it. We appreciate that. Share it. Share the page. How share precious are the listeners? The videos, the all watchers. that. Exactly right. So it helps us out, as you guys know. Um, also, stay tuned until the end. We've got a, a special treat for you um, at the end of this. So you don't want to, you know, just That's true. stop halfway and That's cut, right. cut yourself short. You're going to enjoy the very end. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. So, all right, so we're studying the Torah portion this week, Vayechai, which is, and he lived. And that's the Torah portion found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 47 and going to the end of Genesis, which is chapter 50 and verse 26. And we start out with Jacob's last wish. And so here's the big question. How old or how long did Jacob live in Egypt? 17 years. That's right. And that was the age that he lost his son Joseph to the pit. That's right. And uh, the lies were told of his death. He was sold into Egypt. So he got to live in Egypt for 17 years with, with his sons. That's right. So it says that he lived uh, there for 17 years and that he was 147 years old uh, at the time of this tour portion. And so uh, verse 47, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 47, verse 29 says, And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. And so where did he want to be buried? He wanted to be buried in the promised land. In the promised land. He wanted to be buried in the land of Israel. And he gets more specific later on. As we know, it's in the field that he purchased uh, or that Abraham purchased from Ephron the Hittite, where Abraham and Sarah are buried and where Isaac and Rebekah are buried. Yeah, we sh- probably should have added that. Genesis oh, it actually comes later. 30. It's later in the store portion. It's on here. Cool. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that it's pretty cool because I would obviously want to be buried with them too. I wouldn't want to be buried in Egypt. Yeah, keep um, the family together. Keep everybody, keep everybody together. And so, I think we're gonna family that's buried together stays together. 
<laughs> I know I changed that up. Some you people did. are thinking, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. A family that prays together. Stays together. Stays together. Like, you know, uh, my family owns martial arts schools, right? When I was a kid, the saying was, the family that kicks together sticks together. Wow. Yeah. That's really go. good. Yeah. I, you know, um, not to get off subject, but I love what this, uh, my, my stepfather-in-law, Mr. Timothy Colbo, says, uh, you draw closer to the one you pray to. Mm-hmm. You draw closer to the ones you pray for. Last but not least, you draw closer to the ones that you pray with. Wow. I like it. I know. Yeah, it's that's powerful. Good. It is powerful. So, yeah, prayer ministry is growing. It is. Um, all right. So I think we should read chapter 48, verses 1 through 6. Do you want to read? Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks. The public reading of scriptures. Let's do it. Let's We're do it. in Genesis 48 now. We just left 47. We only have two more to go after this. So here we go. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, yes, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt, all they're mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue which thou begettest after them shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. Wow. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. Wow. That's exciting. So um, we know now, because if you remember, he's referring to when Jacob was on his way to Egypt, uh, he stopped by Beersheba. To build an altar. To to build an altar and sacrifice. Um, I think it's always a good idea to acknowledge God when God does something big for you, right? So Jacob gets the news that his son is still alive. That's right. That he's in the land of Egypt. And oh, by the way, he sent you a bunch of riches and he sent you the provision to make the trip. Yeah, God's opening up doors for us. Man, it's awesome. And so what he does is he stops by Beersheba and prays and you know makes sacrifices and acknowledges God. And I think that's something that all of us should be doing. We should all be thanking that's God true. and acknowledging God for the, the wonderful the, blessings. The little God complex has hit the earth. Yeah, we all Little think we're gods. God, you know. Whether we say it in our thoughts or our, our our mouths, we say it a lot of times with our deeds by always depending on ourselves and always doing things ourselves and never stopping to acknowledge the one that provides. Amen. And so what did God promise to give Jacob and his seed while he was in the land of Canaan? Oh, this land for an everlasting possession. He does. He actually, if you remember the verses you just read, he made two promises. He makes the promise that he's going to give him the land as an everlasting possession, but he also reiterates the promise that he's going to make him a multitude of people. And in the last Torah portion, if you remember, we discussed that the family of Israel goes into Egypt as a family. That's a good point. And But when they come out of Egypt, they leave Egypt as a nation, as a mixed multitude. Um, and so that's a big deal, and it's important to remember that uh, he's going to be a multitude of people. And now, uh, you know, Mr. Cromwell... A kahal. A kahal. An assemblage. Yeah. Mongrel, well, a company, right? congregation, multitude. 
Uh, an assembly, basically. Yeah. Yeah. In that context. Wow. Yep. And he even uh, had told him that he was going to be two companies, right? When he went to Laban and he comes out, um, you know, a few tour portions ago. Right. And he comes out as two hosts. Remember, he separates the camps and all that. Uh, it's all, all, all prophetic to what's happening here as he bestows blessings over Joseph's sons. And so what did Jacob say that Joseph's two sons were to him? Mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So basically, Jacob adopted them. He did. Um, he's, he even makes the distinction that any more children that Joseph should have, if he should have any, will be Joseph's. But that Ephraim and Manasseh right. are, are being adopted by him and that he's giving them the firstborn blessing and that he's putting Ephraim in that firstborn blessing place. And so um, while they're talking, you know, if you ever have uh, conversations, I've had some, you know, conversations with my grandmother before and you get information that you didn't know, you know, um, or you, it's reiterated and reminds you of things that happened, you know, in the past. And so Jacob tells Joseph that he buried Rachel on the way to Ephrat, which is Bethlehem. And so basically he's just letting him know, hey, I'm asking you to bury me in the cave of Machpelah, but we didn't get that opportunity to bury Rachel, your mother. Uh, in the cave of Machpelah. We buried her on the way to Ephrat. So we wanted to make sure he yeah, knew. There's a distinction. Right, where his so mother. So she's not buried with everyone else. She's not. She's like. She's separate. She is separate. Imagine that. And of course, you know, Benjamin's the only son of Jacob that's born in the land. Yeah. Everybody else was born outside the land of Israel. Well, and Joseph is born in the land, or I'm sorry, buried, buried in the land in Shechem. But Joseph... Uh, That's how they took his bones out of Egypt. It is, but they didn't bury him in the cave of Machpelah. They gave him his own tomb. So he's, again, separate. On the shoulders of Shechem. Right. That's right. Which is the modern-day city of Nablus. You're right. Right. So um, we've got a cool event happening here, right? When Joseph finally introduced his two sons to his father, his father wanted to bless them. And so Israel's eyes were dim for age, and he couldn't see. And Israel brought Joseph's two sons near him as he kissed them and embrace them. So he's giving, he's showing love and affection to Ephraim and Manasseh. I mean, after all, he did just adopt them, so <laughs> they're That's not his. That's true. <laughs> what, what, think about what joy that is. Well, here's Joseph, who I haven't seen. Right. In how many years? 22 years? Right. I think so. Right. Well, now he's seen and, him for the last and 17. And now you've got but... these two boys? Right. Come to Papa. I yeah. Mean, well, that's what it says. It says that he's, yeah. it, uh, Jacob wow. even he, expresses that. He says, you know, hey, I've, not only do I get to see you, but also your seed. You know, that's the thing about the last days, though, Ryan. You know, Israel is not just the Jewish people. Right. And that's that's really the elephant in the room. Right. But you're going to have to address it. Right. Well, because one basic thing that we have to understand is that Joseph right. is not Jewish. Right. Now, that sounds like a controversial statement. And really, it's an issue of definitions. Even Abraham wasn't Jewish. Right. The word Jewish in the context that people use it colloquial nowadays means any Israelite-ish peoples, right? right? Yeah. And so it can get confusing. Yeah. But from a biblical historical standpoint, the Jewish people are the people of Judea, the southern kingdom. That's and right. Joseph is not of the southern kingdom. He is true. the opposite. He's the northern yeah, he's kingdom. he's a northerner. Right. He's a Yankee. And so what did Israel do when Joseph put Ephraim on his left hand and Manasseh on his right hand? He crossed his hands, placing his right hand on Ephraim, and it displeased Joseph. It did. So he brings up Manasseh to this hand. Yeah. And Ephraim's on the left hand. Yep. He crosses his hands and takes the right hand to give that blessing. And remember, it says just here, right, Israel's eyes were dim for age. So Joseph 
is thinking, oh, this old old man. <laughs> yeah, he don't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. But it says very clearly here in the verse uh, that he, um, it says here, I'm going to read verse 14 of chapter 48. It says, And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was on the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And so this is an important little thing that's going on here, right? He's switching his hands, and Joseph is is a little upset about it, but we're going to get there. Here's what it says in verse 15. Um, I'm actually going to read uh, 15 and 16. I love these verses. Verses 15 and 16 are just, I mean, if you get anything out of this, these are the verses that you're going to want to catch on to. It says, And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, and the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. So he's blessing Joseph by blessing Ephraim and Manasseh. But he references the authority and the one who gave him the blessings that he's about to you know, pay for it or... or um, you know, bestow onto Ephraim and Manasseh. And he even references the angel which redeemed me from all evil, this angel being the one who visited him, which would be Yeshua. Amen? And so he says, bless the lads. And then he says this, and this is Israel speaking, because it says, and Israel stretched out his right hand and his left hand, right? So specifically using the name Israel in this context. And it says, bless the lads and let my name be named on them. And the name of my father's Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. You know, in the Hebrew, in verse 16, Ryan, when it says here to grow into a multitude, I kid you not, in the Hebrew, you know what it says here? What's that? As fishes do increase. I mean. As fishes do increase. Yeah. So he gets the disciples, Yeshua, I'll cause you to be what? Fishers of men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now there's that word multitude again. Right. So who gets to go into the multitude? That's a good question. It was in a great, a mixed multitude came out of Egypt. This word multitude is an assembly of people. And that's why we have Beit because we're an assembly of individuals and yeah. families and married couples, divorced, widowed, whatever. Yeah. And we are an assemblage. We are an assembly, a company of people. A mixed multitude. And, and we impact quite a few people when they come to our services. Oh, absolutely. So let's just keep going. I'm going to keep reading down through these verses because we're going to make it to verse 20 um, eventually to top this off. But it says, And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. So that's what we're talking about, that he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. switch a rooney. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put your right hand upon his head. Because you got to think this is ceremonial, but ceremonies matter. Um, when these things happen, where he's he's doing something specific, because it's not just you know Mike Cromwell made a great point last night that when we're talking about the souls of people and the, the people, the people are not just the physical body, right? People are souls. Um, we're eternal beings in a temporary vessel, and it's important to note that this has eternal consequences that are going to affect generation after generation after generation. But now, but look, who's Joseph? Hey, you're not doing this right. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. wasn't the firstborn. Yeah, uh-uh. So he, you reap what you sow. And Joseph is the 11th born, right? I mean, we're talking That's what I'm saying, 11th though, son, you know, yeah. There's Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. Yeah. But yeah, but now all of a sudden he's like, no, you you know, this is what happens. See? Yeah, he's one to so talk. So it's kind of like, it, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's kind of like 
Wow, I thought Israel was just Jews. Right. Wow. You mean is, it's not going this, the way I expected? This is this is interesting now. Yeah. This is very interesting, right? And and how how will you know them? You know, look at their fruit. Look right. look at where they're practicing their faith. You know, when you get accused of being Jewish and you're not. Yeah. So you don't have to be Jewish. But a multitude is a multitude. That's right. Christians are Christians, Jews are Jews. I mean, Judaism is Judaism, Christianity is Christianity. There's a clear distinction. Right. You know, and each has a path. Right. But, you know, we've been called out among the church and the evangelicals to do the Hebrews of the Christian faith, modeling after the first century church. So I just I just think I thank God for the revelation that you guys shared. This multitude really kind of opened up my eyes because I never really saw it like that. It's mm. really there. Multitude, multitude. Oh, yeah. More than just one set of people. Right. You know, and it's kind of funny how we're just trying to, to say, well, black lives matter or this just like one group of people. But when you no. see multitude now, it opens up everything. Oh, man. All the possibilities are there. Yeah. See, it's, it's, it's endless for us, yeah. the possibilities. Doing everything we do here, what can we do in Israel? The, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Not just Hayovel and pruning, planting, harvesting, but imagine all the other things that are entailed as well Yeah. that we can be a part of. Well, when I'm standing at you know a campsite, because we're out camping right now for the end of the year, and I'm standing at a campsite and I've got a you know, an African-American or black guy with me, and I've got a Puerto Rican guy with me, and then me, I'm technically some Cuban, but I'm, I call a, you the white Cuban. I'm a mishmash of all of yourself. So we'll just assume for this like, you're not purpose Cuban. I'm a white I guy. Cuban. But we're all Ephraim, right? We're all Israel, and here we are, different ethnic groups, and if that's not, you know, proof know. in the pudding, I don't know what it is. Why don't you go ahead and read uh, chapter 48, verses 19 and 20 for us. Oh, my goodness. You're welcome. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Actually, that word is a fullness of different ethnic groups. And he blessed them that day saying, in thee shall Israel bless saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. So the Hebrew blessing is, Yisimcha Elohim Kephraim v'chi Manasseh. May God make you a symbol of blessing as he did Ephraim and Manasseh. Hallelujah. I got to say that prayer over my two sons, Josiah and Nehemiah on the Mount of Blessing, overlooking Shechem, which is the modern city of Nablus. And I got to see Joseph's tomb as I laid my hands on them and looked over their shoulders and prayed that prayer in 2015 for Shavuot. In 2016 for Tabernacles on the side of Mount Gerizim, we got out of the bus and I prayed over my son that prayer. And uh, you can see the vineyards behind him because it was the fall, the grapes. And the symbol for Ephraim is grapes. That's right. So, as people debate this and argue this, listen, I want to encourage all of you that are listening or watching, just live it. Enjoy it. Yeah. You know, uh, just enjoy it because it is a great joy. It is a great joy. And you're not trying to win anybody over or win debates or prove anybody wrong. Just live it. Enjoy it, you know, like like yeah. we are. Well, and what's cool, so, you know, one of the things that uh, Mike was talking about last night is that uh, this word Ephrat, that uh, he buries Rachel on the way to Ephrat, right? And which that, is Bethlehem. Which is Bethlehem, right? Yeah, the and house so th- of bread. This, um, the root word there is parah, which means fruitful. But it's the same word as Ephraim. So Ephrat being the singular and Ephraim being the, um, being the plural version of that word. So Ephraim's name literally means like double fruitful or the plurality of fruitfulness. So we call it double portion, right? But 
really it could be more than a double portion. You know what I mean? It could be more than that because um, it is. It's it's literally more than that. Um, I have to check something. So why don't you go on, and I'm gonna. I got this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go quick. right into <laughs> Romans eleven twenty five. All right, here we go. So once we discuss this. Uh, Paul understood all this, you know, the Apostle Paul. So the multitude of nations would be a fullness, okay? It would literally be a fullness. And uh, as we look at Romans eleven twenty-five through 27, this is what it says. Now remember, the Apostle Paul was sent to the Gentiles, and he's from the tribe of Benjamin, which is interesting. It says right here, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. Amen. So that's pretty powerful. And of course, this word fullness is, is powerful until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, comes into what? Who they are in the Hebrew roots. Okay. Uh, and so this Greek word is pleroma in the Greek. Pleroma is the word for fullness. And I love this, yeah. this example. It means repletion or completion. So we talked about this word multitude, a, a variety of people in ethnic groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the cool thing, Ryan, and I love this in the Strong's Concordance. What's the example? Okay, it's what is filled as a container put in to fill up. Yeah. So it's what is filled as a container put in to fill up. So you have Judah in here. It's like taking a bunch of marbles and sticking them in there, and they're like black or blue. And then you get these multicolored marbles, <laughs> and you throw them on top. Yeah, and then the container's full. Right. See, and and so what what's funny is that as you look at this, it says it right here. You know, you need to understand this until the fullness of the Gentiles, all those colored marbles go in there. Right. You know, and so it, it's almost like even you know God cannot judge unless what until the cup of iniquity is full. It starts to go over. Well, now once this message has gone out, the gospel. So many people ask me, well, Pastor, why is it happening now? Oh, that's a great question. Well, because two things had to happen. He had to scatter us as far as he could, which he did. Yep. And second of all, the gospel, the New Testament, is a part of God's redemptive plan. So for 2,000 years, the gospel has gone forth. Thank God for the the Gutenberg press and everything. But but now we see where the gospel has gone forth to the ends of the earth. So now there's a a gathering, and not a scattering, but a gathering. So that's that's what I want to share. And I know you got even into, if you want to go to 1 Chronicles 5, 1 and 2, Ryan, and share that part. I will. I'll share that. I want to make one note here. So we talked about the multitude of nations. We got to get moving here. I mean, the Malahagoyim, right? The mm-hmm. the fullness of Gentiles that we just so we just read Which about is different ethnic groups right so for those of you that are wondering Ephraim means fruitful right and Joseph means added right so so it's kind of cool how to add to yeah. here's Judah means praise and here comes adding to yeah you're going to add to praise right so it's, it it means to add to praise you're going to add to so you think Israel's this section of people but yet it's added to does anybody understand that I mean yeah so so. We can't argue the fact. These are the scriptures. A multitude, fullness of Gentiles. Ephraim would become a different, a bunch of different ethnic groups. 
Right. And we're actually seeing that being played out today. We absolutely we are. We call it the International House of Pancakes. So this multitude of nations obviously matches with this fullness of Gentiles. It's just another way of translating the same thing. What's interesting is I've got uh, a second witness. Because you know what's cool? You watch how this stuff goes, right? You, you watch as you pull the thread through the scriptures, and it, it builds a tapestry. We went over a, a lot more verses last night, including First Chronicles. Oh, yeah. Chapter 5. Um, you don't have to read it. We okay. gave the reference. Yeah, First Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 are, are a great reference to read that. Ezekiel 37 is a great reference. And I would encourage you to read Romans, the whole thing, but Romans 9, 10, and 11 all the way through. It'll really give you an understanding of what we're talking about here. But I have a, another witness, and I don't know if, if you... You may have caught on to this. You may not have caught on to this. But there's a verse that within the Hebrew roots we kind of look at and we wonder, why do people take this verse out of context? And this word pleroma, which means fullness, right? Right. Have you ever thought about the word fulfilled? It's the same word, just in a different tense, right? You have your um, your fullness being a different tense than a, the word fulfilled being in the past tense. To complete, to do. It's, in, it's the word pleru, right? When you're putting it in the past tense. And I'm going to read you, this is Matthew 5, 17 through 19. It says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to pleru, <clears throat> to fulfill. And we have been told that this word fulfill means to terminate or to end or to stop. But clearly, we're not talking about the termination of the nations here, right? We're not talking about that. We're talking about right. the multitude. Right. And so when you read this in context, the word fulfill really would sound better if you used fill full, right? Or to cause to overflow. So like at the Havdalah service. Yeah, it says it right here. To make replete, to cram, right. level up. Right. To furnish. Right. To cause to, execute, to abound. To do. To cause to abound. He came to do. He did. Not that it's done. Because why would he give you an incentive in Matthew right. 5 of those that keep the Torah yeah. will be greater you know, than those that don't? Well, and here's what's and cool. Live it and, and teach it. I think, you why know. Why would there be an incentive? Though? Yeshua wanted to be very clear. And there's the hermeneutical principle of that you take the clear passages to help you interpret the not so clear passages, right? That's why. Oh, I just dropped my phone. We take those passages um, to, to interpret the other ones. So. If you didn't catch it on the first time where he said, I did not come to destroy the law or the prophets. To I do came it. to make them abound, to cause them to right. you know, flourish, to fill to overflowing, to take it to the next level, right? Well, he says this. He says, for verily I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away. Last time I checked, heaven and earth are still here in the same way they were 2,000 years ago. He says, not one jot or tittle shall pass from the law until all all be fulfilled. So I just think it's cool because there's that word fulfilled again, right? But it's a different fulfilled. Interesting, right? Wow. So when you connect all the dots and we talk about Romans so, so 11. So ethnic groups have to be fulfilled. They have to. Torah has to be fulfilled. Right. People have to do the Torah. Well, I always make the distinct, you know, the thing, people say President Trump, right? Especially in evangelical circles. He's the best president we've ever had, right? And I'm saying, yeah, he's the greatest president we've ever had. He fulfilled the Constitution, so now it's done away with. And people look at me like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, that's essentially what we're saying Yeshua did to the Torah. Right. You know, um, what I want to note, though, is that we've got this thing, and we're talking about our identity in Christ through what Yeshua has done for us, that we become grafted into the olive tree, become part of Israel. We right. get to join that, that 
you know, that banner of Ephraim, that fruitful banner, the multitude the of family nations tree is big coming time. back in. It's big time. But you know what? Just as much as our identity is important, it's also connected to what you should be doing. Who are you and what should you be doing? That's it. Right? And don't argue about the Torah with other people because if they don't want to live it and they're not practicing it, then what's yeah. the debate? Well, no commandments are going it, to hurt it's, you. It's those that, that the Torah is written on minds and hearts that God's going after. Right. That's what sets us apart. We don't have to win everybody over. Yeah. Because if they're not having the Torah written on their minds and their hearts, you're not going to convert them or win them over. Right. I, I, I'd say it's almost like you're predestined. God knows yeah. who's going to get it and who's not. Yeah. But we keep trying to make it happen. Yeah. Why don't they do this? And why? Don't, because it's it's not in them. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's yeah. Do. Let's keep going. Oof. Let's go. This is good stuff. You know. So I would just spend some time reading through those verses we mentioned. Study this out, um, and just receive your identity in Christ. You know, what I mean, just That's receive good. from Him. All right. So where did Israel say God was going to bring Joseph? Bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Mm, so Joseph is going to get this revelation from his dad, this blessing, and then he's going to go back to the land. Think about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Ephraim, in that order. So Joseph receives and this Ephraim blessing. And Ephraim would become a bunch of different people, and they would return. Of the multitude of nations. Wow, and then this he is incredible. And then he goes to the land of Israel. So when we get this revelation, what should we be doing? That's the thing. We're drawn to the land of Israel. I mean, so, you, you were last year pruning there. I this mean, year pruning. Yeah. This year pruning. This year you were pruning. So why is it that some people desire to go to Israel while others don't? This is my answer to that. Why is it that some people desire to go to Israel and why others do not? Uh, this is my answer. Real simple. Some have the desire or revelation and some do not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's, here's the key on that. Some people have the opportunity to go to Israel, like Charles Fitch. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cromwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Postpacall on a business trip. Right. It just worked out like that. But they didn't get the revelation of Torah and the Commonwealth of Israel till after. Got it. So then it really kicked in. So I would say that some have the desire or revelation and some do not. So it's pretty much cut and dry. I mean, yeah. if I could pick any place to go, it would be Israel, you know. And, and I want to say this too real quickly here before we get into 49, chapter 49. You know, I enjoy Rick Steves' Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's COVID and everything's locked down and they're not traveling and he's all depressed. But I'll tell you, um, I get to go to all these different countries for free for 30 minutes. And I'm just thinking, if you lived in the land of Israel, what kind of cool trips could you take that's just right across the Mediterranean? Yeah, because you're right there. I mean, you talk about we go out on a night cruise out in the Tampa Bay, you know, what, Cockroach Bay? (laughs) But here you could go to the Greek islands and cliff diving. I mean, you know, come on, kids, we're going to Greece. I know. It's right there. Yeah, you could even take a day trip, you know, on the water. You know, just go to Turkey, visit the seven churches. Yeah. Bring them back. (laughs) Why not? Hey, yeah, we want to be uh, the church of uh, Philadelphia, don't we? Yeah. All right, so we're jumping over to Genesis. I'll let you do Judah, and I'll do Joseph. Chapter four. You would. I got to have it, man. So Genesis chapter 49, Jacob gives a blessing to all his sons. So He sure does. We had a little private meeting with Joseph and Ephraim and Manasseh where the firstborn blessing was already bestowed upon Ephraim. Right? So you've got to probably read that first verse. Yeah, we just covered in all reference that. reference to, to, the, to all the kids. Right, but now we're calling a general assembly of the whole family. All right? All right. And it says here, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. So as much as these are blessings, 
These are really warning. prophecies. Like, hey, all you guys are going to be coming back. And, and we're not here to discuss which tribe we're from. We're just getting into Ephraim and Judah. We're right. not going to say, hey, I'm Gad, I'm Asher, you know, I'm right. Donner, I'm Blitzen, <laughs> I'm Rudolph. I mean, Naphtaliza. But what I'm saying is that th- there's a distinction between wild branches and natural branches. Right. And that's what we want to kind of share. Right. Because we don't want to be cuckoo. Right, because it is it is natural branches and wild branches, as it mentioned. As I think Pastor didn't read those verses, but again, back in chapter eleven of Romans, he talks about that some were broken off for unbelief, and you were grafted into the olive tree, absolutely, and a wild branch. Yeah, not a banana tree, right? And or so a coconut tree. He gives all his sons a blessing. Um, it's uh, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Joseph, and Benjamin, and. Uh, but uh, like, like he mentioned, we're not going to go through all of the blessings today. It's just too much to cover, so we're going to go through the Judah, two main blessings, Judah and Joseph, and their blessings are in acrostic form, um, which uh, Mike Cromwell mentioned last night. Which basically means that the first half and the second half they kind of meet in the middle and they mirror each other. That's it's, true. It's like a, a Hebrew poetry style. And good so, stuff. Let me go ahead and read Judah. And of course, Moses is going to bless them too at the end of Deuteronomy. So that's this correct. Is really good. That's correct. So, but again, remember, this is prophecies about the last days as much as it is blessings for these tribes. So let me go ahead and read Judah's blessing. It says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal into the vine and his donkey's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. Wow. Kingship. Yeah, it definitely. So it says the scepter meaning the throne, right? The authority shall not depart from Judy. So, so he gets the monarchy. What does the monarchy do? They have to have their own, write their own Torah. They do. They do. That's a so law. They yeah. go, so the lawgiver. That's right. And it says, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. But it reminds me, who gives the law at Mount Sinai? Who gave the law to Moses at Mount Sinai? Yeshua. It was Yeshua. And Yeshua he's from at the Mount tribe Sinai. of Judah. See, that's even taught in regular like evangelical circles. Jesus is at Mount Sinai. He's the tribe He's of the Judah. one that ate with the 70 elders. He's the stone that followed them in the world. He's the lion of Judah, He's right? He's the first rolling stone. And so it says, until Shiloh come. Now, this was cool. We talked about this last night, right? That Shiloh meaning to whom the right belongs or Which to is whom him. the authority belongs. And so it says that he is, uh, that the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until whom the right belongs comes, meaning the Messiah. So this is a messianic prophecy. And then it talks about the Messiah. It says, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So that we would be gathered to a person. Correct. To Shiloh, to the him whom the right belongs, right? The anointed one, the Messiah. Kingship, I like that. And then it says, binding his coal unto the vine and his coal unto the choice vine. And um, this being, if you remember, uh, we were, again, we we're talking about this last night, that Solomon rode the donkey right through the city and he was coronated. Um, and so this talking about the donkey's colt. Well, guess who else rode into the city on a donkey? Who was it? Yeshua. 
Yeah, Jesus Zechariah. did. Zechariah. Yeshua, right, was prophesied in Zechariah, and then he also um, wrote in. So he's being coronated, he's being brought into the city as the king of Israel. That's why General Allenby, when he took Jerusalem through the Jaffa Gate, as he, he walked into the city, because right. he'll feel worthy to ride in or ride in on a horse, because that would dishonor the Messiah. That's right, that's right. Very interesting historical point. And it says here, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Uh, his eyes will be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. What's interesting here, uh, if you remember in Revelation when it talks about uh, Yeshua, it says that he dips his his garments in blood. Yeah, right? that's other people's blood. To, to, right. It's vengeance. <laughs> right. The, but here the, it says the blood know, of grapes. You think about the uh, Battle Hymn of the Republic, the wine press. Right. You know, so they're not going to even know what hit them. The prof, the prophecy in Isaiah, who is this that comes from Basra? His garments dyed in red. Right. So he's coming for vengeance, and it's the blood of the slain. Right. Because he's already shed his blood. Right. Exactly right. And his garments are white, so so why are they red now? But to execute judgment. So right. it's a picture of also as well of him executing judgment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So from there, we're going to jump over to Joseph. Let's look at question. Joseph here. Now, Joseph is a fruitful bow. Even a fruitful bow by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee? And by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts of the womb, the blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my, what? Progenitors. Progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. So right. he was separate. So Joseph means added. Right, so to. he's going to add two, and he's even saying that because of Joseph and his children, his children's children, all the way down the line, the house of Joseph and his children will be really, really blessed, doubly blessed, added to, and Ephraim means fruitful. Praise God. So it's interesting that the earthly father's name of Yeshua is Yosef. Right. Added. Yeah, he added two. So what an honor he had. We think Mary Amen. You know, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And gave birth to God's son, the Immaculate Conception. And now, of course, we have the earthly father, Joseph. And then, of course, what do we have here? Joseph of Arimathea gives his tomb up, which no one had resided in. No one was buried there or put into that uh, tomb. Joseph added to, adds to this prophecy. So once right. again, Joseph means adding. And, and as we look at this particular prophecy it's pretty powerful he's a fruitful bow whose branches run over the wall and of course uh he's 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 by a well so he has sustenance he has water you know and the well is where all the brides were found right so the bride you know is within the house of joseph basically yeah. you know Aha. good word huh yeah, just got word. that just I now like that. ding ding so you know it's really cool when you think about it, because because all of the the matriarchs, the most of them were found at a well, um, and, and that's a deep subject. It really is. <laughs> but wells? we can we can we can dig into it deeper. We can <laughs> dig into it. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to the well at Beersheba, and that was pretty outstanding. That's a deep, deep well, really and truly. You drop like a rock, 
and it just falls and falls and falls. I mean, I don't even know what the, how many seconds it is. So anyway, Joseph is truly blessed. What a big blessing that he has here, you know. And just a little reminder as well in Joseph's blessing, you know, uh, starting in Genesis 37, 2, all the way through to chapter 50, it's all about Joseph right. pretty much. Yeah. So the cool thing is more is written about him than any other person. So the house of Joseph has got 13 chapters in the book of Genesis. Well, and it says, no, no one's got more written about him no, no, than for Joseph sure in the book of Genesis itself. It so says, let's continue it on. says here it. Um, that Joseph is blessed above and beyond Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because those are his progenitors, right? right. So he's blessed the progeny above his father. Well, you could write the progenitors are the ones that give the progeny, right? So progeny is the descendants, the progenitor, which is sperma, which is seed too, right? Which is referencing that as well. And then it says that, um, and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brother, it's, it's prophecy that Joseph will be separate from his brothers. He would be. Right, we know that from his life as a picture, he was separated from his brothers. But then, prophetically, in the last days, the house of Joseph, the house of Ephraim, is separate from the Jewish people. Right. This is a, a, a powerful topic. You talk about a Bible study right now, Ryan, yeah, that we're this doing. Is yep. This is an incredible love story that's it unfolding. Is. And there's so much. There's so much more like we could even go into and talk about. All right, let's continue on. That's really good. Though. So, where did Jacob want his body buried? With his fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, the field of Machpelah, before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which is today Hebron. Yep. So, which is cool. Hebron. Uh, what's cool about this is that uh, this is like a legal description of the deed, and so it's a second reference or second That's witness true. to Abraham's purchase of the cave of Machpelah and giving a legal description of where. So it right is now, and only Abraham is. and Sarah are buried there. And Isaac and Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca. So there's four. There there's now. four. And then it says Leah's already there. Interesting. It does. It says that he'd already... Because here, the next question is, who are the five family members that Jacob wanted to be buried with? So Jacob had obviously already buried Leah there at some point. That's interesting. Right. That's a good point. In verse 31, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, and Leah were and all And if you go on Beta Hilo's YouTube channel, I know there's over 400 videos. We got like our own Netflix. Yeah, we do. Right? Hebrew flicks, whatever you That's call right, it, baby. but um, Hebrew roots flicks. But um, I want to say that there is a, a, a clip on there of going to Hebron to visit the the tomb of the great uh, patriarchs and matriarchs. Yeah. In there. Let's continue on. Yep. All right. So we're moving on. We're on to uh, chapter 50, and this is titled, Joseph Comforts His Brothers. Oh, yeah. Um, and so when, jo uh, when Jacob died, Joseph fell upon his father's face, wept upon him, and kissed him. You know, this is it. He was away from his father for so long. He missed him. He finally gets him back, but now he's gone for good, right? Um, at the point that uh, Jacob dies, I believe that Joseph is somewhere around the age of 56 or 57. That's interesting to do the math. Yeah. And so Joseph commanded his physicians to embalm his father. Uh, the embalming process required 40 days, and the Egyptians mourned for Jacob for 70 days. And so I think this is a 70-day process. Uh, we were talking about it, 40 days for the embalming, 30 days for the mourning, 70 days of mourning total. Um, and so when Joseph asked Pharaoh if he could bury his father in the land of Canaan, what was his response? He said, go up and bury thy father according as he made thee swear. Yep. Be a man of your word. Now, this... Um, this was something that I had always glossed over when we were talking about it, and it's interesting that he had to ask permission to Pharaoh to go. 
And this gives a couple clues that it's possibly a different pharaoh than who Joseph was serving previously. Well, he's second in charge. And it says actually that he asked... He's like the vice president. It says that he asked the house of Pharaoh, I believe in chapter 50, verse 6, it says, um, or in verse 5, it says that he... Or sorry, verse 4, in the ears of Pharaoh. Anyways, somewhere... Oh yeah, so at verse 4, it says, And when the days of his mourning were passed, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying... So he's speaking to the servants of Pharaoh. So he's not even speaking directly to Pharaoh, where previously he was second in command, only right. to Pharaoh. Yeah. He could just, hey, Pharaoh, you know? Right. I mean, whereas in this case, it's, it's, he's speaking through his liaison or whatever. So it gives you kind of some... And he's old. He's probably retired. Right. I would say Joseph is retired oh, uh, yeah. at this point. He's 56 now, you know? And so the three things that Joseph's um, house left in the land when they went to bury their father was the little ones, the flocks, and the herds. And the house of Joseph mourned for Jacob another seven days at the threshing floor of Atad. Now, this was a... Uh, um, it said something about uh, the the mourning place for Egyptians in this process, but another seven days. And so after Joseph buried his father in the cave in the field of Machpelah, he returned to Egypt. And so now his father's passed away, the whole mourning process, the whole hoopla, the, dust, right. the dust has settled now, and now his brothers are in fear because they think, well, now that their father is dead, that Joseph is going to, you know, kind of bring retribution on them. And so what did Joseph's brothers think he would do to them after their father died? Oh, he was going to hate them. Yeah, that he was going to hate them, that he's going to... Well, he wasn't going to kill them, but he was going to hate them. Yeah. Not like them. Exactly. So when the brothers sent a messenger to their brother Joseph asking for forgiveness, what was his response? Joseph wept. Yeah. He couldn't believe that they would even think that of him after yeah. all that he had done for them yeah. and... He's a man of his word. Well, his, his feelings were hurt. He thought all this was I get vain him. imaginations must have crept in. Oh, yeah. yeah he, oh, he's going to get us now. I think he really felt like, you know, after all this time, have I not shown that I, you know, I forgave That's true. Remember, remember when they were reunited, he said, hey, what you had meant for evil, God meant for good. And, and God orchestrated Joseph's whole life right. from the pit to the palace. Right. And Joseph really Which is not like the birthing God. of an Ishmael right. or Rebecca throwing Jacob in there to pretend like he's Esau. That's not God. Yeah. See, now now the cool thing is, gosh, what would have happened had you not birthed an Ishmael? Right. What would have happened had right. Rebecca just pulled back and let Esau get the blessing, but she jumped the gun? Right. I'll give you an example. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We believe in a Beit Tehillah Israel. Somehow, can we get over there to the land and come alongside the Jewish people and help them with their, with their Jewish state? Can we do that? Yeah. You know, well, guess what? How, how is it going to happen? I don't know. It's the same thing. We don't have to make it happen. Right. We can wait on God because he knows that we want to be over there. He, he knows that, that it's all part of his plan, but it's all timing. Yeah. It's like the return of the Messiah, you know, post, pre, or mid-rapture, tribulation, right. whatever you want to talk about. Right. Everything's timing. Yeah. But I do believe, you know, just because of COVID-19, you know, it looks like, wow, those doors are really shut. But I think that's just an illusion yeah. to what's really coming. The doors are going to be open. Praise God. I'm, I'm, and no man can, can shut that door that God opens. And when God opens that door, no man's going to shut it. Amen. But right now we are in a lockdown. Yeah. So chapter 50, verse 21 says, Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, and he spake kindly unto them. 
So this yeah. is a promise that Joseph's authority will be used to continue to provide for not only his brothers, but also for their future generations. That's good. And so that's, uh, that's a good promise. And so Joseph was able to see Ephraim's children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. That's three generations. It is. So he was able to see all the way to his, uh, his great-great-grandchildren. And um, Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of the land of, uh, unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So wow. this promise was given to Joseph by Israel, by Jacob. He said that, hey, when, when you, you know, you'll surely be going and returning. So this Yeah, and Abraham now, was told, you're going to go into captivity. The house right. of Israel is going to go into captivity, but you are going to come out. So he's yeah. like telling them in advance. Well, he's telling them in advance, and then he's also making a request of them, right? So the, the very next verse, he says that Joseph requires the children of Israel to make an oath that they would carry his bones out. And they did that in Exodus 13, 19. I have laid my own eyes on the tomb of Joseph. Yes. I have seen it. I've seen the cave of Machpelah where the, the, where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are buried. And I've seen where Joseph is buried. And here's a, a little something to think about, which was kind of funny. So Joseph is buried there. Yeah. And then also Jacob's well is there. Right. So the, the cool thing is if you look at the picture from Mount Gerizim, and look down in there, yeah. you could see a tennis court Yeah, in the background. Like, there really is a tennis court yeah. behind Joseph's Absolutely. tomb. Absolutely. You know why? Because he served in Pharaoh's court. <laughs> now, I don't make this stuff up. Go go Google it. Pull it up. Pastor yeah. Nick's lost it. No, no, Joseph's I, have a, I have a picture. I had I'm a, like, is that a tennis court? I brought binoculars with me. Yeah, it's a tennis and court. And I hooked it up. There's a tennis court behind the tomb. Yeah. Because Joseph camera. served in Pharaoh's court. I'm yeah. telling you, it's it good is. stuff. It is good stuff. He literally And did. you know, there, there's even medicine in the Bible, Ryan. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Moses took two tablets. Yeah. That's we're going to move on now. That's good, yeah. No, Some that was, of you needed that. Yeah, those were good. Some of you needed that. Some dad jokes. All right, so Joseph was 110 years old when he died, was embalmed and put in a coffin in Egypt. And so he, he had a, you know, a, a, what do they call a sarcophagus in Egypt. But embalmed. Then, but then later he was taken from Egypt uh, to the land of Israel where he's buried today. And so who makes up the house of Joseph today? See, that's a good question. Yeah. It goes back to Jews and non-Jews. I would say non-Jews. Right. I would say the multitude, right. the different ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. You know, remember Joseph had a coat of many colors and also remember that a mixed multitude came out of Egypt. So the signs are all there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with Christians United for Israel, just not too long ago, uh, when I was checking out, because I, I have a membership with Christians United for Israel with Pastor John Hagee, mm -hmm. and, uh, and his wife started this years ago, that these are Christians for Israel and the Jewish people and all that. They're against replacement theology, that the Jews are the chosen people. But I only say this because I just looked back just not too long ago, and there was like 6,000 members. Well, just recently, 6 million, I mean, yeah. 6 million. Just recently, uh, it's over 10 million. Wow. Christians United for Israel. That's, That's incredible. quite a bit of people. That is a lot. So there are organizations that are into the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles, and that's one of them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, John Hagee, I believe, celebrated his 80th birthday at Masada. Yeah, he did. So, you know, that tells you something. Boots here's on the ground. Here's what I wrote. I wrote, believers of every nation and tongue. And so that's going to be... Uh, believers, I would say, in Yeshua. Wow. Of, of every nation and tongue, every ethnic group. Um, this is those that believe. And so um, 
what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Vayechai, and he lived? Do you have anything? You know, I'm just going to let you close it out. Right. But right. I will, I'll just say this one point. One point that I would like to say is know your family tree. Yeah. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Know the family tree. So here's what I put. I put, uh, my first one is, if you are in Christ and you have a desire to be part of Israel, your wish is granted. Ephesians 2? That's right. Once you were far away and you were brought near? Yes. That you grafted were in? Strangers from the commonwealth <sighs> right of Israel. There. You know, the, the point here, though, is that those who are in Christ, that your identity is in Christ, and he gave you a new name. He bestowed upon you and grafted you into Israel. And so there is a joy in that. And so there's a blessing in receiving this revelation of your identity, your identity in Christ, your inheritance. Amen? But the big question now you've answered, which is, who are you? Because I always say the Bible, this, this book here, right, it tells you who are you and what are you supposed to be doing. That's a good word. So now we've checked the box. Who are you? That's right. Right? You are the child of the living God, right. right? You are the my people spoken about in Hosea, right? right. You are Israel. You are Ephraim. You are right. the nations. That's good stuff, right? Man. The multitude of nations That's that have so exciting. come into the kingdom of man, God, right? So now that you know who you are, now you have a responsibility because here's the deal. Ephraim has the birthright. They have the firstborn blessing. And that's where it's been left off. But with the firstborn blessing, the firstborn is responsible to carry on the family name. The responsibilities. And so there's responsibilities that, that carry on. And so when we talk about what are you supposed to be doing and we discuss the relevance of Torah, we talk about Torah in a different capacity than rules and regulations, but a joy. Right. And something that you get to if do. You love me, you'll because keep my you've commandments. been grafted in. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So And they're not burdensome. All right. We have now finished the book of Genesis. Wow. It is now time to say the blessing. Go for it. Ready? Hazak, Hazak, Vanish, Hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Hallelujah. And so I promised you guys a special treat for the end. And so Pastor Nick has a guitar in the background there. That's right. And he's going to be singing a song um, that he wrote about the coming together of Jews and Gentiles, the Jews and non-Jews, called Hey Judah. Absolutely. Now listen, this song was inspired years ago. Right. I don't have the exact date, but I did write it when I, when I wrote it. And it was during the time of Hanukkah, believe it or not. Oh, wow, cool. Which is dedication. So yep. <laughs> uh, this is a song about the two houses. It's called Hey Judah, I'm Your Brother. Hey Judah, it's been so long since we've both been in the same place. Hey Judah, it's been so long since I've seen your tired face. I'm your brother. I am a friar. I'm going home. But not alone Hey Judah Don't you remember me 
I was taken captive times past. Hey, Judah, you know as well as I do that the captivity would not last. I'm your brother. I am Ephraim. I'm going home. Ooh. But not alone Oh my brother Please forgive me For all the wrongs to you That I've done Oh my brother Deep down in my heart I know forgiveness comes Through the sun I'm your brother I am a friar. I'm going home. Oh, but not alone. You're my big brother. And oh, how I love you. That's what I want you to understand. Hey, Judah. We're fulfilling Ezekiel to be that one stick in the Father's hand. I'm your brother. Oh, I'm a friar. And I'm going home. But not alone. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise wow, God. That's prophetic. It is absolutely. Woo! It is absolutely. Thank you, Father. So, Father God, we just thank you. We just, we're so blessed that you have given us a new name, that you have bestowed upon us the name of Israel, that we've been grafted in, that we've been adopted, just as Ephraim and Manasseh were adopted by Jacob, God, that we've been adopted into your family and into your kingdom through the blood of Yeshua and what he did for us on the cross. And so, God, we don't even know how to thank you, God, but the one thing we know we can do is that we can live this revelation out, that we can keep your commandments, God, that we can love you back, that we can declare this to the world, and that we can tell the world what an awesome Abba you are, what a great Father you are. We're just so grateful. And so we love you. We thank you. We pray over the land of Israel. We pray over the people of Israel. We pray over the Jewish people, God, that you would protect them, that you would keep them, that you would... Uh, uh, Grant them peace, God, in their land. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, God. Let us never forget Jerusalem. And we love you and we thank you in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys listening and watching. Have a great week.